Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, hello everyone. I'm Artis Bazin, a chair of the ACB Membership Committee, and I welcome you all to this session. Uh, please mute yourself if you're not part of the program, and then later we'll allow people to ask questions when the panelists are finished. I want to introduce Peggy Garrett, the chair of the Multicultural Committee, and she will introduce the panel members to talk to us tonight about how we can expand our membership to minority populations, and they're going to give us lots of tips. So I'm going to Give it off to Peggy. Thanks, Peggy. Thank you, Ardis, for inviting the Multicultural Affairs Committee to share with uh, with everyone this evening. Um, as you all know, we are MCAC. Some people don't know Multicultural Affairs, but we're MCAC. And we work to make sure that everyone who is a member or a potential member who comes into our organization is welcome and embrace and made to feel a part of our organization. One of the things that we've been working with is the fact that we have not been doing a very good job of reaching out to minorities, to reaching out to people who are African-American, who are Black, and people of, of, of color in general. And even within the organization, sometimes people are not really being included. So what we're gonna do this evening um, the committee, and I'm going to let each person in introduce themselves rather than taking up time going through introducing each person. Uh, they're going to take a few minutes and share with you some ideas that we put together of uh, places, organizations, uh, various opportunities that you have to reach out within your local communities and bring in people who may be different, look different, talk different, but who have much potential to join in our organization and even become leaders in the future. So we're gonna start off this evening with Pam Metz and Pam is gonna to talk to you a little bit about some opportunities and some tips. She'll tell you a little bit about herself and then she'll hand it off to the next person. And as uh, artist said, after each person has done with, has finished with their presentation, at the very end, we'll open up for questions from, from each of you. So thank you for joining us this evening. And Pam, you can take it away. Good evening, all. This is Pam Metz. I'm in California, so I like this time is perfect. Um, one of the things, I've been a member of uh, ACB for almost 18 years now. <clears throat> Excuse me, 18 years now. And one of the things I like to talk about is being very embracive in, in inviting individuals into your chapters, your affiliates, and into ACB. Um, if you meet someone of, of an ethnic who's ethnically different from you, who is not white or black or whatever you are, um, try to sit down and listen to them for at least two minutes. You know, you, you, if you listen to someone for two minutes without interrupting, you are more than likely to learn something interesting about that person. And um, find out what they have, what are they looking for when they join the organization? How long they've been blind? What is their, what is their ethnic background? Um, there's no reason with, without, there's no reason not to ask someone, are you black? Are you white or whatever? It's not, I, I'm not offended when someone asks me that. Maybe sometimes I may sound like it. Um, ask them, what are they looking for when they, uh, what are they looking for? In ACB, are they affiliate? Are they state affiliate? What are they looking for? What are you looking to get? What are you looking for? What do they want to give to the organization? What would they like to share with the organization? Find out if they've ever been a leader, what type of job they've had and held. Um, what have they done? Have they been a parent? Have they had kids? That's a job it's in itself. Ask them. Uh, find out all the information you can. Find out. Um, ask them. Hold a conversation with them. Be um, embracive. Invite them. Be more inclusive with people. I know when I joined the organization, I did not feel like I was a part of ACB or even my state affiliate until about maybe eight years ago. 
And that's when I started to feel like I was more involved in the affiliate and and uh, in ACB. So make people feel, find out what they want to do in, the, in ACB. Do they have the leadership skills? Do you have someone that maybe can mentor them in the direction that they want to go to uh, in that direction? It is always nice to invite new people into the organization. It, was, it is always nice to find out what they can um, bring to your organization. If it wasn't for artists, in all actuality, I'd have never been president of the Greater Los Angeles chapter. I would have stepped away from CCB. So artist was the one who asked me if I would like to run for president of uh, Greater Los Angeles and found out that I prefer being the treasurer of Greater Los Angeles and being involved with uh, CCB on uh, different levels. So, um, and getting the leadership training I needed to be on the board of CCB. So, and um, into my last term and things like that. So in be more inclusive with people and find out what they want to do in the organization and find out what they can bring to the organization themselves. So now I'm going to introduce, I think it's Donna Pomerantz. Actually, uh, Donna and I switched, so this is Sandra. Don't do that. She just said something. Uh, we did. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Sandra. Uh, okay. So, um, uh, yes, I am um, Sandra Sermons, and um, I've been involved in ACB since 1992. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um I live in Rockville, Maryland, and um, I am here to talk to you about thinking outside the box, you know? Um, it, it, it is a very interesting topic that we have here, and there are many ways to approach it. But given that we live in an ever-changing world, you have to think about it, okay, what, how can I think outside the box? How can I best utilize my resources? You know, um, use what I have to get what I want, right? Um, so when it comes to attracting members of color, um, some of the things that you could do are to reach out to historically black universities and colleges. Now, there are tons of these universities. Uh, you probably have heard of, you know, Howard, Hampton, um, but, but there are um, many others, you know, Lincoln University, Tuskegee, Florida A&M, um, North Carolina A&T. Um, pretty much every state has at least one, and, and some states have more than one. Maryland has Eastern Shore and um, Morgan State University and Bowie State University, right? Um, so what you want to do is reach out to those guys. Go to the Disability Support Services. Um, become friends with them. Uh, drop off literature. Let them know you're out there. And these are the kinds of services that um, your chapter or your affiliate offers. Um, then you want to go to, let's say, the mainstream universities. Most of those have, um, like, Black Students Alliance. At American universities, called Black Student Alliance, right? Um, visit those guys. Look, we're ACB, and we, you know, you may have some some members um, who are blind or visually impaired, and, and we can be a good resource for them. This is why, you know, let's let them come to one of our meetings. Then this is when our meetings are, and these are some of the things we have to do. Um, have to offer and reach out to them and um, see if if you can't get some traction um, with those, you know, and then um, you might want to reach out to some of the um, African-American. Uh, traditionally, uh, sororities and fraternities have played a huge part in the history of African-Americans. Most of the movers and shakers from Martin Luther King on down, um, were members of a fraternity or sorority. So um, I think Mark, Dr. Martin Luther King was a um, Omega Psi Phi. You have Omega Psi Phi, Alpha Kappa, Alpha Kappa. I'll start with the, the um, sorority. So sororities, Alpha Kappa Alpha, Delta Sigma Theta, Zeta Phi Beta. Um, the guys, the fraternities, Kappa, Al Kappa Alpha Psi, um, Omega Psi Phi and Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, 
reach out to them, either the chapters that because on every campus, uh, most campuses, um, definitely with the HBCs, but a lot of the mainstream universities have have chapters of those organizations as well. Um, you want to reach out to them. You want to reach out to maybe the alumni uh, chapters of those organizations because you never know who you're going to meet, how many of them actually do have folks who have core blind or have visual impairment, you know, um, particularly with the alumni, because the alumni, um, a lot of times the alumni uh, may be older folks and they are, you know, middle age, getting, you know, older towards senior citizens and they are um, losing vision, you know. Um, and, and that might be an excellent resource. Also, um, if you kind of want to hit all the fraternities and sororities at one time, the National Panhellenic, um, organization is, governs all black fraternities and sororities. So you may want to reach out to those guys. Say, look, we, you know, we're the ACB of New York and we understand that the National Panhellenic, um, organization is is in New York City and we want to make you aware because you guys might have some blind and visually impaired members and we'd like to introduce ourselves and we want you to um, un- know who we are, where we are, uh, and that we're here, we're, we're trying to recruit members and, and we understand that your organization may have some folks who are blind or visually impaired and we want to, you know, um, familiarize. We we want you all to to know who we are. You know, uh, looking at even doing a service project with them because all of the sororities and fraternities are are predicated on community service and community outreach. So even just you know establishing those relationships um, with those organizations, um, it takes time, um, but. I, I believe that thinking outside the box always takes time. It takes effort. It takes perseverance. It takes, but once you get the hang of it, I think you will be amazed at some of the dividends that it will ultimately yield. Um, and with that, I am handing it over to Miss Donna. Thank you very much. Um, and yes, um, I'm Donna Pomerantz, and I am um, from Los Angeles, California, and I've served on this committee for quite some time, many years. I'm residing in Pasadena, and uh, I am uh, Latina and the youngest in my family. Um, now... Um, my topic to discuss um, is reaching out to diverse communities. Um, that is extremely important. You can reach out to diverse communities in quite a number of ways. And um, as you get to talking to folks, you can, um, you know, invite them to uh, attend, uh, you know, gatherings, meetings, upcoming social events, making a concerted, you know, effort, um, you know, to reach out to folks of diverse ethnic communities, diverse cultural backgrounds. And um, one of the ways that you can do so is um, by um, attending um, cultural festivals or community fairs, different things in the local area. Um, and, you know, it's it's a little challenging right now in these times, but... Um, you know, one of the things that you can do is make an effort to go to some of the local cultural um, festivals that are out there. Um, you can attend like a, a Chinese New Year um, gatherings, um, you know, 
They do a number of um, events. Uh, Chinese New Year's is is a a wonderful time of year, um, and they're extremely active with food and parades and and things like that. And and as you walk around, um, you know, um, it's very um, well effortless in the sense of, you know, folks who may be with someone uh, being guided or something to that effect, um, you know, having a vision impairment. When people are at festivals and cultural events, a lot of times that's a networking opportunity where, you know, you have the ability to walk around and, and meet people that you've never met before. Um, out here in Los Angeles, there's a, a Brazilian carnival uh, that happens at the Queen Mary. And so, you know, you would uh, be able to meet people of different cultures and, of course, in the, you know, Brazilian um, culture, ethnicity, um, you'd be able to meet people at that happy, lively event. Again, um, you know, uh, introducing yourself to folks that you've never met. Um, another uh, festival or gathering um, that is done is something that is called the blessing of the animals. And um, at an event such as that, not only would you be dealing with the Latino community, but you'd be dealing with quite a number um, of different communities there. Um, you know, a, a number of folks really just take, you know, care in wanting to attend a blessing of the animals. Um, I've even seen that um, guide dog users has done that. Um, I read about that in one of the uh, state programs quite some time ago. Um, you know, you can even attend um, a Cinco de Mayo event or Latino festival and parade. Um, we, you know, another event is, um, and I apologize if I am mispronouncing this. Um, someone can definitely please correct me if I am, but it is uh, Nisei Week, which is a Japanese festival. Um, and, of course, um, out here in, in Los Angeles, uh, we have a Watts Summer Festival, which was conceived in 1966, um, you know, after the riots. And they have quite a number of things going on um, in that summer festival. Um, you're probably thinking, you know, okay, how am I going to do this, you know? Uh, some folks, you know, some folks aren't as comfortable, um, moving about and traveling on their own. And, um, you know, we're all in different places, which is totally fine. Um, take a friend with you. Um, just enjoy the time. Um, someone who is sighted or family and, you know, just enjoy being out meeting new people. You can help each other do that. And of course, if someone is blind or visually impaired, you can share with them about the organization and invite them to, um, you know, attend a meeting and, you know, share a meal and such. Um, and on that note, I will go ahead and stop and introduce the next person on our committee. And correct me if I am wrong, because I'm going by memory, but I believe that it is Regina who is up next. Yes? Yes. Or am thank I wrong? you, Donna. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm Regina Brink. I'm also from California, originally from Long Beach, but now I live in Northern California in Sacramento, California. I'm fairly new to ACB and CCB. I actually was a member at large in 2018 and 
just this year was elected to finish a term of our uh, president in the ACB capital chapter of CCB. So it's been a quick process and a learning curve. And I've been asked to talk about another way to outreach to diverse populations, and that's through the media. And a lot of times when you say media, the first thing that pops into your head is social media. And that's a good place to build some relationships through dialogue. And you can reach people that share common goals because often if they're on Facebook and they visit your page or like it, or if they retweet your tweets, it's because they're interested in that topic. So there's an opportunity on social media, but there's also a risk and that's that you're not able to totally control the content. And there's been some things written about how to direct, gently direct dialogue and how to de-escalate on social media. And so that's a good thing to look at before you start social media. So whoever is moderating that social media is ready to do that kind of thing. But in addition to the usual forms of social media, like Facebook, Twitter, and someone told me Instagram is accessible. I haven't tried it myself. There's many ethnic radio and TV stations around the country. And some of the more well-known you might be familiar with are TV One and Unifision. Um, Both of those are large networks. They have a lot of local stations as well and radio stations too, both local and national. But there's others and in every community, you can search and find your local station. And I know here, FM 102 in Sacramento has been extremely active in the community. According to the Pew Research Center, like 92% of African-Americans and 57% of Latinx Americans tune into ethnic media every week. And Asian-Americans tend to use the media in their primary language and they go online on the internet. YouTube and Netflix are the most popular. But most of these channels will air public service announcements at no charge. And then the last thing in any marketing materials and any marketing outreach, try to present diverse graphics. Pictures are important in media, especially TV and print media and videos and diverse voices throughout, you know, your outreach. And I think you'll find that the local TV and radio stations and even print media are pretty open to featuring organizations like ours. And it's a way to reach people that maybe are isolated. I did meet a lady on a paratransit and she said since she went blind, all she did was go home and watch TV and go to her doctor's appointments and go home and watch TV. And I did talk to her about some alternatives to that. But that is what some people think they're capable of doing once they lose their sight. And so now I will turn this topic over, or a different topic, but the same idea over to Cheryl Cummings. Hi, everyone. Um, This is Cheryl Cummings. Um, I've been a member of MCAC for, I don't know, many years. Um, I live in Boston, Massachusetts, and I've been asked to talk to you about outreach to uh, churches, but I'm going to expand it to say religious organizations. So thinking about churches, mosques, and other sort of religious institutions in your area. So I would say that um, even before you start to do your outreach, spend some time really getting to know um, sort of your affiliate. Uh, Talk and make sure you can understand sort of what are the strengths of your affiliate and why you're reaching out to the different entities that you've identified. So be able to talk about sort of who you are and and what you can what what you're offering. Just as important is that um, in reaching out that you take the time to learn about the religious institutions and entities in your um, in your community. 
um, and to get a better sense of sort of what role do they play in, in your community. Um, I know in the past, I'd say even I was guilty of this in thinking around outreach, thinking, oh, I've identified a church in my area, and now I'm just going to send them materials about what we, we our affiliate does. And as I've done some more reading, it's become clear to me that I really need to spend some more time and make sure that what I'm working to develop is a relationship with the church and with the organization and not just sending materials sort of at, a, at one time. And as I think others have mentioned in our, in our meeting so far, you know, in addition to sort of telling or letting the churches and the mosques know about what we or what our affiliate would like to offer and what ACB offers, um, I think there are opportunities to really develop relationships by finding out sort of are there activities or, or uh, events that they're doing that you might be able to get involved with so that you can uh, you know, provide another way for them to know you and for you to know them. Um, two more ideas. One is, is you're thinking about outreach to really set a goal and to then, and also have like a timeline, you know, set a goal saying, okay, we want to make sure that as we do this particular effort, we're going to contact maybe five or 10 people. It doesn't have to be a huge goal and that we want to get, achieve this within the next year. So that way, you know what it is all the members in the affiliate know what it is and responsibility is then expressed by and held by lots of people in the organization. Important to know is that, again, as I think Regina um, mentioned, you know, there's no charge for sharing information on a church bulletin or on a church website. So this is absolutely an effort that could be more uh, affordable and really just takes time. And the last comment is something I read as I was looking at some articles. Um, some authors recommended as you're thinking about outreach, um, think about your initial contact, not as a marriage proposal, but as a first date. So definitely an opportunity to develop a relationship with a church or a mosque. Um, and with that, I'm going to pass this on to Michael. Good evening, everybody. This is Michael Garrett, and I've been a member of ACB for almost 30 years and a part of this committee for probably 25 of those 30. And my topic is uh, reaching out to uh, blindness support groups and senior centers in your community. Uh, Especially, I think it's especially fruitful to reach out to uh, support groups because there are some hidden jewels in such groups. Uh, I think Houston is probably a unique case. I know it has been for our local chapter. Uh, for example, we have partnered with one of the uh, major blindness support groups in our in our city and. Uh, currently, our local chapter president is one of the founders of this particular uh, support group. What you find when you do that is, you, as I said, you, you find some hidden gems. Uh, we had several of the members of that support group join our group, and we found some wonderful talent, hard workers, uh, one particular member was a great fundraiser. Uh, she probably single-handedly raised over $5,000 one year uh, in spearheading uh, fundraising projects for our local group. Uh, and as I said, one of the founders of, of that group now serves as our uh, chapter president and is doing a fabulous job uh, keep keeping us going. Um, what those kind of partnerships do is enables you to uh, collaborate on a number of projects, uh, publicity, uh, all kinds of activities that get your 
chapter's name out. It brings in a variety of people with different talents and uh, capabilities. And then in addition to that, uh, most communities have multiple senior centers uh, where there are older people who are living with vision loss. And that is another resource for people with uh, talent, uh, all kinds of of abilities. Um, We have benefited from uh, the technology from one of our members who lives in a in a, a center, and this this gentleman is a whiz at technology and uh, all sort of sorts of technical resources, and so you never know where you can find uh, good talent that would be of benefit to your local group. But if you don't reach out, you can't you can't find it. Uh, in terms of the fact that these are older folks that are living with vision loss, uh, just to give you a sort of anecdote, I'm dealing with now a gentleman who, who well, he's not in a senior center, but he is an older gentleman in the, from the standpoint that he was a longtime uh, regional vice president of CVS. Uh, he's recently been blinded, but in, in talking to him and trying to develop a relationship with him, I found out that he has he has all kinds of information, uh, ideas, uh, talents. So I'm trying to uh, pick his brain, uh, bring him in the organization, and and hopefully he will uh, be a plus for our local chapter. And and that's the way you reach out to folks, uh, regardless of age, but. The organizations that they're a part of and the, and the conditions that they're in, you just never know what kind of jewel you might find. And so I'm going to hand it off to Mary, and she's going to keep us going. Okay. Thank you, Michael. <clears throat> thank you, everybody. My name is Mary Haroyan, and I've been a member of the uh, Multicultural Affairs Committee for about a year. And um, I am also a member of the Bay State Council of the Blind. And um, so I was going to talk a little bit about something that I've just learned about, and that's professional organizations or associations. And as I was doing the research on this and going through some of the going through some of the names and and what some of these organizations are all about, I thought that um, I thought of not only, you know, places of to recruit from members, but also just of organizations that ACB as a whole can just partner with and form relations with relationships with. I know ACB has been very good at coalition building with other disability organizations, um, but along the lines of thinking outside the box, um, some of these organizations could be really good just to, you know, ally with and perhaps have them think of us as a resource when it comes to blindness-related issues um, are being the go-to organization. Um, professional organizations or associations are ex- exist to advance particular professions, and they support their um, the interest um, of, of members of the profession, and they also have a real focus on public good. Um, there's organizations out there for, you know, so many uh, professions. It was just, it was amazing. And uh, when I just Googled minority professional organizations, you know, so many came up and some of the ones um, that I just sort of made note of, because I thought that they could be ones that we can partner with in some way. Um, Let's see, we had the American Association for Access, Equity, and Diversity. And this is an organization that consists of human resource professionals who um, work in the field of affirmative action, equity, and inclusion. So I thought, huh, you know, um, obviously members of this organization are involved in the employment of people. And, um, you know, they may come across people who are, are blind and um, might be needing some resources, some assistance, um, 
as well as, you know, themselves one day, perhaps. <laughs> but, you know, just as an example of, of, of a, an organization, we have the um, Association of African-American Museums. And I just recently heard about this organization because I think they are actually partnering with IRA um, right now. And IRA agents are actually helping to provide some description of um, exhibits in, in these museums. Um, and I thought, what a great place for audio description, you know, to partner with museums to help enhance and, and um, spread the word about audio description. Um, we have the Association of Black Sociologists, and one of their focus is social justice. Um, we have the, um, let's see, the Association of Black Women Physicians, which has a focus on, of course, healthcare equity. So, you know, they certainly would be coming across patients in their daily um, care who would have an array of disabilities, including, of course, blindness. So, you know, once again, partnering with these organizations, you know, and I like what Cheryl had said about, you know, thinking of this as, you know, a first date kind of thing. Um, it's establishing rapport and communication with these organizations, um, not going to them, oh, we just want members, but, you know, this is what we can maybe provide you information we can provide to you and we can learn from you as well. Um, Cause I think part of the whole idea of, of inclusion and inclusiveness is understanding that we have a lot to learn and the, the more inclusive we are, the more we're going to learn. Um, there's the national Alliance of black school educators once again, another organization that we could learn, we can learn so much from, as well as be able to share our knowledge of education of um, blind students. The National Council of Lawyers and the National Bar Association, two organizations of, of black attorneys. Um, we have the, um, let's see, the, um, let me, here, uh, Black Data Processing Associates. I thought, what a great potential for maybe our BITS special affiliate to reach out to and connect. Um, and we also have, of course, the National uh, Medical Association, Black Physicians. We have the National Association of Hispanic, um, well, let's see, the National Hispanic Me Medical Association. Um, and, you know, they're just countless. So, as I said, I just got this list by, by Googling. And, um, you know, maybe looking at this list, you can get an idea of who you might want to be able to reach out to. You may have members in this particular um, field that would feel comfortable reaching out to um, some of these organizations, especially if they're in your area. Um, you know, we have now the opportunity because everybody is meeting over the phone with Zoom. And it might actually make, may make meeting some of these organizations and reaching out actually easier. Maybe we can ask to be on um, an agenda item on one of their meetings, as well as inviting them to participate in an in affiliate or special interest affiliate meeting. So, um, so once again, we've been talking about thinking outside the box, and this is just, you know, more thinking outside the box. So thank you. Okay, so thank you. Thanks to each of you for sharing those tips. And I know that a lot of you who are listening or uh, you have your own list that you want to share as well. But before we do that, Mitch has uh, is going to share. And then after Mitch, we'll turn it over to artists and we will open it up for comments from uh, the audience. Thanks, Peggy. And this is Mitch Pomerantz. And... Uh... We live in a suburb of Los Angeles, actually Pasadena, and I've been involved with MCAC really going back to when I was ACB president from 2007 to 13. Uh, we had officer liaisons, and I believe I was the liaison to this committee. And when I termed out in 13, I think I stayed on the committee. 
I'm a big picture person, and I want to talk about why we're doing all this, why we are emphasizing the need to recruit minorities. Um, keep in mind that 99% of all blind and visually impaired persons don't belong to any organization. And an overwhelming majority of those uh, don't have access to rehabilitation services. They don't have access to the kinds of programs and services that those of us in ACB are aware of. Also keep in mind that within two generations at the most, and perhaps only one, folks like me, and I'm white, I'm Caucasian, in this country, we will be a minority. We're already a minority here in California. Um, Caucasian birth rate is going down. Birth rates of other minorities are either remaining stable or going up. So by 2050, at the very latest, we will be the minority. And if ACB doesn't begin to take seriously the need to to recruit folks from other ethnicities and cultures, the chances are pretty damn good there won't be an ACB. Uh, Next year, we will celebrate our 60th anniversary as an organization. If we don't take this recruitment effort seriously, if we aren't willing to put whatever issues we have aside, we won't last another 60 years. So I believe that we have to outreach to everyone and particularly folks who are from other ethnic groups, other cultures, and, and, and folks who have an interest, if they're blind and visually impaired, they have an interest in finding out about what their rights are, what is available to them. And the only way they're going to find that out is if we reach out to them. But I want to say one final thing. Once we have brought them into the organization, we have an obligation to mentor them. We have an obligation to determine, are they interested in leadership? Do they just want to be a a grassroots member? What role do they want to play in the American Council of the Blind? And as leaders, that is your responsibility. That is your obligation. And if you're not willing to do that, then you don't deserve to be called a leader in ACB. You are wearing the mantle without living up to it, without, without maintaining and, and following through on the responsibility that that mantle of leadership requires. That's why we're doing what we're doing here. And I think that if this organization will, is going to survive, then we absolutely have to take this responsibility and this obligation seriously. Thanks, Peggy, and thanks, Artis. Thank you, Mitch. I, 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 you wrapped up my, my closing statement, so I don't have to do it now. Thank you. So, Artis, uh, I'll let you take it from here and open okay. up the Thank you. Thank you all. You did an excellent job of moving the conversation forward. We're going to allow people to ask questions. And if you would raise your hand and um, we'll let um, Lynn uh, let us know who's got their hands raised. Okay. Thank you, artists. Uh just remember, we have over 40-something people in this room, so and we don't have a lot of time. A um, couple of minutes each, please. Yes, thank you, Peggy. All right. Ray, you may unmute. All right. Thank you. Um, first of all, my uh, kudos to the committee on a wonderful job. I, I'm honored to be the officer liaison to this committee, the Multicultural Affairs Committee. Um, 
A couple of comments that stuck out to me for this evening. One was that we really need to reach out to people of different ethnicities, just like we would anybody else that we are interested in recruiting. I think that's, I think that's very uh, important. And I think the second thing that really stuck out to me and, um, is that um, we is that as you're looking to reach out to organizations, don't go to them saying we want members. Instead, say we want to partner with you to uh, help your the folks that are involved with you who are blind or visually impaired, um, and in turn uh, provide you know, provide them resources, and in turn help you better serve though that population. Uh, and I think the last comment I'd like to make is that I think those of us who are in leadership positions need to be intentional about uh, improving the diversity. And what that means is that as you're forming committees or as you're forming task forces or doing those kinds of things, maybe reach beyond the usual people that you would think about for to be part of a group and reach out and identify folks who maybe don't look like you that are that they have talent and they can bring something to whatever group you're you're working with so uh, just those are my comments for the evening thank you committee for a wonderful job and um, I'll uh, let the next person speak thanks Okay, who do we have next? Okay, we have um, number ending in 405. You may unmute. Hi, Gerth and I heart. I don't know how long I've been on this committee. I've been blind since 97 and uh, with CCB since maybe 2003. And I think with ACB since 2010. Anyway, my thought is uh, to find diversity. I applaud the ideas of going to these different uh, racial, racial and national identity clubs listed in the phone book. I don't think senior citizens or uh, centers are a good idea until they open after the virus. I do think that going to the places where blind people are, for example, guide schools, guide dog schools, and uh, Department of Rehabilitation in our different, uh, different places, we can find the blind people. But what we need also is money. And for that, I think we can find who who is supporting blind organizations and hit on them and hit on members of Congress uh, who who have support, uh, supported our bills and ask them for who they have, have in the blind community with whom they are in touch. Okay. Okay, that's good enough. Thank you very much for your question. Hey, who do we have next? All right, number ending in 374. You may unmute. Hi, this is Karen in Philadelphia. Hi, can you hear Hi, me? Hi, Karen. Yes, Hi, Karen. Yep. I've been a part of, a, I'm African-American. I've been so for 54 years. I've been with ACB for about a month now, and I'm just like having a ball. appreciate all the meetings that you have. And um, I've been a part of many organizations, and it was always, you know, a lot of times based on recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. And I'm like, recruit? Okay, recruit for what? Like, what's going to happen when, they, when we recruit the people and they get there, they might feel uncomfortable. I've never felt um, like I wasn't welcome in any ACB room, but I have felt uncomfortable um, because I knew that the people didn't look like me. And I'm thinking that everybody on the panel has missed a real critical piece. That is, speaking for African-Americans, if you recruit them, how are you going to make them feel comfortable when they get there? My suggestion is that you need some meetings that are for us, by us. And it's not that, obviously, it's illegal and immoral to prevent anybody from coming to any of the meetings, but it needs to be focused on just us. And once we become comfortable being a part of the ACB community, 
you know, being proud card carrying members where we're going out there, you know, really promoting the ACB for what it is, we will feel more comfortable joining in with all the other programming. But you can't, you know, just say we're going to recruit like, you know, thousands African-Americans. And when we get there, we're like, well, where do I go? I don't feel like I fit in. So we need things to make us more comfortable. Please um, keep my name. My name is Carolyn Rose. I will be more than happy to carry on some more of my thoughts with one of you on the committee at a future date. Thank I have you. many ideas on what kind of groups that would be good for us just to make us feel more comfortable. And like I said, once we feel more comfortable, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. We're still going to be a part of ACB and, and all its endeavors. All right. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Okay. Thank Thank you. Very good thought. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, artists, do we have time for? Yeah, go ahead and do one more. Okay, Shirley Dotson, you may unmute. Okay, to unmute, you're going to use a toggle, which is Alt-A on your PC, Command-Shift-A, which is a Mac. On Here I am. There you go. <laughs> Hi, um, I just want to uh, commend the panel. Um, it's very interesting, good ideas. Um, I, I was thinking about... Uh, uh, what Karen said, what do you do with the people once you once we uh, get into the uh, committees and try to take part in uh, the ACB activities? Um, I've been with ACB and CCLV, uh, oh, goodness, about 20 years on and off. Um, I myself didn't find that many things that really spoke to me um, in terms of uh, uh, events. And so I just think that it would be great to make them more um, amenable to, to uh, different people, just to, uh, such as uh, I, I noticed there was um, uh, gospel singing or just, you know, Christian music or just different, things that uh, kind of cross over different lines of, um, of uh, uh, diversity because uh, it, it will make ACB more rich. And secondly, <laughs> I just wanted to make a comment about um, it, a, a question, actually. What uh, are there, is there information that I can get from ACB to carry with me to give to people um, uh, just so that they can connect better. Is there any formal um, pamphlets, cards, something that you can uh, pass out to people? Yes, there are Thank brochures. You. The national office, you can call the national office and they can send you brochures um, to give out. I know uh, we, uh, we're we working on getting more in you know, other, um, other um, languages, but, um, but definitely uh, in English. And uh, you can be able to get them in Braille, large print, you know, too. Well, thank you all for participating tonight. And our next ACB membership focus call will be in January, on January 24th at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And... Uh, it's going to be talking about how to form a new chapter in your state affiliate or special interest affiliate. So I hope you can join us then. <laughs> Thanks again.